0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How this, Cowboys? Yes! Go,
1: Cowboys!
0: This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys
2: World Headquarters
0: <laughs> at the Star in Frisco.
2: Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown.
0: And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, and Kyle Yeoman.
1: Today is Tuesday, March 7th, and we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. We are back inside the SWB studios. Yes, we are. SWBC Mm -hmm. Studios. I left the C off there. It's okay. No C. Got it done. No C. Okay. As in Patrick No C Walker.
3: SWBC. we'll we'll allow that.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll let that one happen. We've got the big logo up over my left shoulder here, anyway. So it works out that way, gentlemen. How we doing? Isaiah, stand back. Patrick No C Walker. Mm -hmm. Kyle Yeomans. We've got
3: Chris Beam in the back. Mm -hmm. I missed you guys. Yeah, I miss
2: you too, bro. That was Indy, man.
3: I was gonna say we didn't have a chance to miss each other. We yeah, were, you guys yeah, were showing we the whole time, to hip brothers. The hip to hip. <laughs> we were showing
1: the show. You guys stay at a train up station. Up, yeah. or
2: did
3: you guys stay at another hotel?
1: Uh, another hotel. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I might have stiff-armed Patrick one time like while we were just trying to get in the media scrum. We didn't even know. And we were just trying to get up there, and I might have elbowed him a couple <laughs> times. It
3: probably happened, and I probably returned the favor if not yeah, to you. At least to, <laughs> then to someone else maybe by decked accident. Decked me twice. By accident. So <laughs> I, I had mean, already
1: like, passed by, and you just hit the guy behind hey, me. Hey,
3: you know, we got to get in there. We got to talk <laughs> to these prospects. We got to see who the Cowboys are interested in, who mm. they have yet to show interest in. You know, we're trying to build our own version of the Cowboys big board. Yep. So, you know, got to get in there. We'll talk plenty of draft today. We'll talk about our our
1: takeaways from the NFL combine. We may even hear a story or two of Isaiah's combine Mm. by the time
2: this show is People all don't, said and done. People don't understand how much goes into the game. Make combine. them understand it. Like. It's a long week, man. It's understand. a long week. Most people see what? They see the last day mm-hmm. of these guys. The scouts. The yeah. The, yeah the, the scouting day the stuff where they put on, on, the, TV. on the drills. Yeah. yeah, that's the stuff that people see on TV. What they don't see is all the medical checks. Nope. What they don't see is the trips to go get MRIs, mm-hmm. and go get x-rays, mm-hmm. and go get CAT scans. What they don't see is the late night meetings on your little car that you have, on, a little lanyard on your neck that cool. you have to go and meet with five, six different teams teams every night and talk to them and talk to their office coordinators and their head coaches and their GMs. And they don't see all that strenuous work that's done. Oh, and then wake up that day and, and put out your best performance. That's going to either make or break your draft yep. stock. You know, so I mean, it's a lot that goes into it. Guys are drained. They're tired. They're they're not necessarily sitting around. You know, eating the the best all the time. Right. Um, You know, they're they're having to have all these other meetings that are going along. So it's just it's really a drawn out week. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that you see on TV is what people most care about, and that's literally when you're most fatigued is when you actually have to put out that performance.
3: Yeah, and I mean. All of that on top of the fact that you have to get up on a podium and speak to the media and a lot of these guys some of these guys are very polished in doing that already Mm -hmm. and some of these guys not so much and it can be a little bit taxing mentally to have that fatigue from going through everything you went through in the week because those guys were coming out to the podium directly from medicals so you don't know what those conversations they were having back there they could have been positive they could have been not so great but no matter what the conversation was no matter what they had gone through to that point in the week you still got to get on that podium and put your best best face forward because Because one wrong quote. One, you know, mm-hmm. misinterpreted mood or attitude and it, perception. Absolutely. And then the perception starts to, you know, attach itself and create its own narrative and the narrative starts to, to gain. And especially nowadays in the social media aspect of it, because, you know, pre-2006, before Twitter and Facebook, all of this was still going on, but yeah. not to this degree. Facts. So these guys have to walk this fine line of trying to be mm-hmm. perfect in the media. Yes. While also trying to walk with the, the fine line of these conversations with oc's and dc's and and HCs you're trying to be perfect
2: in front of all the executives right and yep. then at the end of it all
3: <laughs> get on the field and
2: run And then, the, then, yeah, the, do the your fastest
3: 40 you can Dude. run
2: do the best shuttle you know shuttle the most, you can run the most stressful part of it for me had to be a combination of the meetings with the with the front office mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the evening mm-hmm. times right and one one meeting might be with a coach another meeting might be with a gm right you just don't know um And yeah, that was a lot of pressure, pressure. bro. (laughs) And the the health check, that to me wore me out. I remember going and having to get X rays, and I had my foot. I blew. I had to list Frank and Adrian Peterson had the collarbone. So I remember us literally being at the hotel, being at the hospital longer than anybody. Like the shuttles were gone. Everybody was ghost. We're literally sitting there back to back in one of those rooms. Looks like Saw. <laughs> and we're just sitting there passed you wanna out. You want to play a game? Yeah, exactly. We're sitting up there passed out, and, and we're just getting X-rays and MRIs. And I mean, they're just testing us at the wazoo. And then when you go in these rooms, you're literally in a ballroom. Yeah. And there's there's tables all the way around the ballroom, and there's one little table, training table, in the middle. And they're like, all right, go in there. Um, this is so and so. Go sit down, and they have a little manila folder. They mm-hmm. open it up, and they read off all your injuries anything that's ever happened to you, they read it off, and then they say, all right, this is who he is, and then whatever doctors from all the teams that are interested in you come out there and they start prodding on you. (sighs) Hmm. And you're literally, if if there's something that's still ailing you, they know about it, and they are trying to get you to wince, they're trying to get you to twitch, they're trying to get you to, uh, you know, anything, and you have to try to keep the straightest face possible because you even just... (sighs) Even this, even that this, even, the, even, oh, oh, we got there, yeah. we got there. Right. And, like, when right. I did it, I had just got out of my second foot surgery, which was they had put oh. screws in my foot, and then they had taken screws out. So I wasn't, I was supposed to still be in a walking boot, which I wasn't going to be walking around in a boot at the combine. Yeah, right. yeah come uh, on. I now. wasn't supposed to throw, but I couldn't run, so I'm like, I'm definitely throwing. Mm, right. So. They got there and they literally started turning on my foot. They're pulling on my foot you and torturing it. Face? What? The whole bro, time. The whole time. When you talk about, you ever like hold your breath because Yo. something hurts so bad that yeah. your heart rate is like just beating yeah. out your chest? But you're like, mm-hmm. 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 that foot was yelling. Mm-hmm. That foot was yelling. Bro, I literally, no doubt. Y'all know I'm not a crier. No, I, got not. There, oh, no, I got out of Come there, bro. no. I got out of there. I found the 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 the, the smallest corner <laughs> I could, Let it out. and bro, I was laying it out. And I was talking to my agent. I was like, I'm gonna kill him. I was so angry. I was so angry. There was one specific team, and I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna lose it." Are you gonna tell the team? Oh, it was the Dolphins. Oh, oh. it was the Dolphins doctors. Oh. And then and then they flew me in. I figured it for, for a visit, pre draft visit. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I took three trips for a pre draft. To John Elway, no, with... huh?
1: To John Elway, them? Like Bro. I'm not going to you. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I, I did.
2: Miami, Jacksonville, Dallas, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh uh, yeah. So Miami flies me down there. And checks me out and then calls me, wakes me up draft morning and says that they were gonna take me like at the top of the second day. And then they chose like a punter or a kicker or something like that. And I was just like, so you guys twerked tor- tor- on my foot, tor- 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 you made me foot, fly yeah. from Seattle to Miami, mm. and then you called and woke me up on draft day, and then you didn't and draft me. Okay, a good talk. Yeah. Did you ever get to play the Dolphins? Oh, we played the Dolphins, When I was
1: playing with the Patriots. Yeah, we played the all. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's absolutely. Fair. Yes, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, that works. That'll take you it... <laughs> a little bit of a chip <laughs> on so, the shoulder against exactly. the Dolphins. I mean, that's that's the thing about the combine because the most important thing is the medical check. Oh, that's my what's gosh. most important for the teams. Yeah. That's the most intense part for the players. I mean, that is the 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 behind the scenes that fans don't see. I mean, we got multiple tweets because we got there on Monday mm. and we left on either. Friday or Saturday, was... and so when we when we were there throughout the entire week, and we got text messages or tweets it was like, "Why did you guys leave right whenever the combine starts?" And it's like, bro, the, the, the combine, combine starts on Sunday. Week <coughs> it been, it had been going. We were there from early Monday morning. All of this stuff that Isaiah is talking about right here, mm-hmm. and the meetings with the players that started early in the week, Monday night or Tuesday morning. That's when all of that yep. stuff started. So, yeah, the the combine drills. And guess what? It's easier. We were in the stadium. They've never let the media in the stadium ever before really? this year. Before this year. Unless you were NFL Network. I saw your seat. How was that? It, it, it wasn't very <laughs> inducive to what we were trying to do. Right. It's not easy to watch those drills in the stadium.
2: <laughs> no, I would imagine. was much, yeah. so, much better to watch it so on TV. Much better to watch on TV. So that's why, I mean, us leaving to to watch the drills at home on TV. It's actually I mean, doing better work, yeah, doing honestly. Better work. Did but, you feel like you were a part of it? Like I guess it was what's, what's the best example I could use? I would much, as much as I love WWE, mm-hmm. unless it's WrestleMania, I would much rather watch it at home. Because when you watch it on TV, you hear the commentating, you see you get the close-ups, and yeah. you get to hear it, and yes. you see it, and you're engaged, and you see the names and you see the times all live. I would imagine it's a different experience when you're at the Combine sitting there in the stands. It's like you don't get all that data all the time. I don't know if they display it on the screens. I'm not sure. From
1: from a fan standpoint, I think it's cool. I really do. I think it was really cool to be in the building, to at least experience it, to kind of see. But – you get so such good access mm. from the television side of the yeah. combine because you can hear the conversations on the field. They have these nap mics. They have this, this production value to where, like you said, there are close-ups. You can hear the conversations. You can look at at the coaching and the, uh, whoever's running the mm-hmm. drills, and you can kind of hear what's going on, whereas whenever, whenever you're in the stadium, you're put in a designated – media section Mm. which is the opposite side of the start line from the 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 40 yard line
3: it's not the best angle
1: so by the time you see the player 40 yards away from you he's already run 65 yards and then the the vertical jump was on the very far side i think the best time to be in the stadium is probably when they're throwing with the quarterbacks and the wide receivers that's probably when you can actually see it on the field and have some sort of recollection of what's going on whereas Everything else is much better to watch on TV, mm. no doubt in my mind. It was really cool to go and to be a part of the, the drills and to see it. Absolutely. But that's not, the, that's not the most important part of what we were doing at the Combine. Yeah. What we were doing was talking to executives, talking to coaches, talking to scouts, talking to agents, and trying to figure out, and like Patrick said at the start of the show, build the board yep. in our own right.
3: We were able to do that. We had, we were able to oh, we had put together ton, some really good stuff. A ton of conversations with these prospects, man, and, and these young men. Uh, you know, kudos to them, and I, I try to offer congratulations to them before I led with any question because I mean, to get to this step alone, sure. it puts you far beyond uh, beating the odds. Okay, so now you're just one step away from realizing your NFL dream. But you know, these these guys, I mean, they've they've worked their butts off, mm-hmm. um, and now now comes, you know teams have to make their decision now and yeah. uh, start to at least build their board. And I, I had a, a conversation with Will McClay, um, and it's interesting because I wanted his take on the challenge of walking the line between starting to build your big board effective immediately while also knowing the unknown is present as far as free agency is concerned. Because you don't know which of these in-house free agents you're going to be able to retain or not retain. But I was wondering, okay— you, you realize it's a fluid situation with your big board, so... Do you kind of just start putting some value on some of these players as far as the, the prospects are concerned? But then you say, let's put a pin in this position because we mm-hmm. might retain Dalton Schultz. We expect to keep Donovan Wilson at safety. And Will McClay, as, as blunt and succinct as ever, he was like, one thing does not impact the other. He said, we're going to build our big board irregardless of positional need, regardless of what happens in, in free agency. And then we know that our board in April is true. It's true. It's completely unaffected by were we able to retain Dalton Schultz? Were we able to retain Donovan Wilson? I found that very interesting. And you guys and and gals, because Aisha Morrison was present as well. Also, shouts out to Dan Brugler, just a monster. (laughs) You you guys had a fantastic show, the draft show episode with Will McClay, when he really dove deep into that as as well as other items like offensive line versatility and things like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, and you should be because you're elite, Go back and check out each one of the draft show episodes from the Combine um, that Kyle and and Aisha and, you know, uh, Haley Sutton that they were present on. And you're just going to get some fantastic content and insight more than anything on what Will McClay is looking to do going forward in this draft.
1: It really was a a fun conversation. And Will's great. He's always been phenomenal with us. And and shoot, he's phenomenal in terms of drafting as well. And a big reason for that is his mindset. And that's actually what I titled the show was McClay's mindset. And he did dive into that. And it is interesting because there is a balance between free agency and the draft every single offseason. You can let your draft influence free agency, but you should not let your free agency influence your draft. The way that it could affect it is not by the way they build the board. The board is going to be true. One through 350 or however many prospects they have on the board They're going to have that board stacked the same way, whether or not Dallas goes and trades for Aaron Rodgers or they go and trade for I don't even know. I'm just throwing out dumb names. That's just the the part of it. It could change drastically, though, because on draft night, depending on what happens in front of them, that scenario is what's going to dictate how they go down that board or who they go to on that board or how far down they go. That's how it'll change. It was really interesting to hear Will McClay talk about how there is no correlation between building the board, but depending on who you pick off of that board, that's what's going to happen because of what happens
3: in free agency and what happens in the draft beforehand. So I'm going I'm to give you a, a quote that I put in a story that I wrote around Will. Um, and it, the other question I had that I was interested in is how – how true is it that the how true is the narrative and and i know the answer to this but i wanted his answer to this how true is the narrative that the cowboys lean far more heavily on need versus best player available in the nfl draft on a perennial basis. So here's Will's answer. Quote, everybody's got needs, and everybody will say, oh, you have to draft the best player available or the position of need. It's a combination of the two. Mm. It's how you navigate that and how you truly value the player. That way you don't push guys up the board because of a need. You want to keep it consistent so you can consistently draft well. So ladies and gentlemen, you heard it directly from the mouth of the Budweiser Clydesdale. Okay, not just a horse. It's the Miller (laughs) Miller Light Clydesdale. The Miller Light Clydesdale. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shouts out to the sponsor. Um, You heard it straight from the horse's mouth. The Cowboys and Will McClay specifically, in conjunction with Stephen Jones in the scouting department, they're looking at a mix of BPA and need. One of those two things are not tilting the scale, Mm -hmm. and that is great to hear from McClay because that lets you know that that the days of you know Gordita Charlton. Are <laughs> behind us, right? Gordita. Because they're not drafting to fit a scheme. Is that a like... hate
1: on a Gordita?
3: No, it wasn't a hate, on a hate. Is that a hate? No, no, it was just you know. Okay, I
1: was about to say we're uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about that.
3: I don't know, absolutely not hating on Gordita. Okay, it's fantastic. All right. I'm just, just saying sure. like I just wouldn't want a Gordita playing you know rushing my pe- rushing No, my that's probably that's fair. all I'm saying. Um, so. And no shade to a guy like Rob Rob Marinelli, who is a great human being, a great respected coach in this league. But one of the biggest knocks to Rob Marinelli was that he would pound the table to draft to fit his scheme and not necessarily the best, most talented player. Who might be able to play that particular position. So nowadays you're seeing guys like Michael Parsons come off the board in the first round with the Cowboys. You're seeing guys like, oh, CeeDee Lamb's still available. We and none of the Cowboys mocks that year 2020 did they believe that he'd be available, but he was, and they was like, Oh, scrap everything, we're taking we're this. We're taking guy. the guy. We're taking this guy. So you love to see that and then you'd love to hear the confirmation, the affirmation from Will McClay that that's where the Cowboys are. And let me reiterate, just because I know somebody might take this and run
1: with it. That trade that I mentioned and the name that I mentioned are not happening. That was just a uh, dumb hypothetical. So yeah. just want to put that back out there. Just conjecture. Just me being me. All right. When we come back, we're going to transition from a little bit of combine talk. We're going to talk about a tag. So we've got the tails You're of it. the combine. <laughs> we've got the tag. You're it. Tony Pollard's it. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys.
2: When you build, you start with the foundation.
4: Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. Back to Talking Cowboys.
1: This is how we country. Country Music's Party of the Year is coming to Fort Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country music's brightest stars together under one roof and no one does country quite like Texas. Witness history on May 11th. Get your tickets at SeekGeek.com. You're
2: a big country guy, Isaiah. Yeah. The country's I'm going to get is going to this rodeo. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Rodeos this weekend, boys? where, where is Woo! that? At? Over there at the, uh at Globe Life. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Arlington Doggone over by right. AT&T. Now right, buddy. Mm, you know what else is over, going on at AT&T this weekend? Uh stadium tours. Yeah, of course, stadium tours. Okay. I mean, yeah, definitely. What else? We'll line that up. Uh, there might be a little RV show over there.
3: Mm. You know what happened at AT and T Stadium this there's this past Saturday? That so was uh Fun RV. Yeah. They were for a little while. Wow. I, I think they're still
1: a sponsor. At least they're still no paying. Yeah. 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 yeah they they so do great some, work. They're taking over That was something
3: fun going on at AT and T Stadium. It's this, past, this past Saturday was uh, a monster. The monster truck Monster ready. truck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Monster jam. Yeah. yeah did, so, you go? did you go? Yeah, I took the family. Nice. Took the family. You have good seats. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, Cowboys. Did you take that earplugs? There's some perks. Mm. To for I don't, I don't, I don't you
4: got perks? perks? Yeah, yeah, I, I was about to say I never kid. got any tickets.
3: I didn't You didn't reply to the email. Oh, you got what email? email? I didn't get. I any, I any didn't email. get an email. Wow. I don't know what to tell you guys. So it was. Uh, I, I guess separation we I need to see. talk to Derek
4: about that email. <laughs> that. <laughs>
3: No, no, they sent the emails just RSVP. Program. I forget those emails. But yeah, I went with the fam, and it was fantastic. And the little ones just had a blast. I had as much, if not more, fun than they did. I've always been a huge monster truck guy, yeah. like ever since I was a little boy. Who won? So um, it, it was almost zombie. It was mm. zombie. Gravedigger won though. Gravedigger. Gravedigger That's won. My dog. Yeah, Gravedigger won. Zombie was right there and he made it to the finals in in the race competition but his truck his motor I don't Damn. think it's motor blue I think it's fuel line blue Bro, it gets right loud the in final. there yeah but
2: I loved it yeah, yeah. you feel
3: it you feel it See, you
2: just you don't get that from an electric cars and stuff so. so question for you guys yeah was there anybody at the combine that just ran up your board yeah. Uh, a couple guys. Yeah. Nolan
1: Smith definitely ran. He ran up the board. He ran off the board. He ran <laughs> past the board. I, I don't even know. I mean, a four three nine as an edge rusher out of Georgia. That dude moving. There was a slim go hope. Dogs. Slim hope. And by slim, I mean super slim. That he was going to fall to twenty six. That's out the window. Gone. No, he gone. He's a lock. Go Somebody's going to go grab him.
2: Four three nine,
1: bro. Mm-hmm. Faster than Saquon Barkley, faster than Christian McCaffrey, and he's an edge rusher. Mm.
3: Did Darnell run up your board any?
1: A little bit. I mm-hmm. liked what he did on the sleds because that was kind of man. He manhandled did you the you s- uh,
3: Just exploded through the sleds? Yeah.
1: So just I liked what he did goodness. there. <laughs> hands <laughs> are still a big time question, but man, as a blocker, he could be fun. Not a twenty six. Don't give me a. Oh, 26. No. 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 No.
3: No. If he's know. there at fifty eight, I would consider. I was going to say day two, early day two pick. Yeah,
1: I would consider if it's in the th- if he's in the third round. Sometimes somehow he slips because of the hands or because of the worriness of the size. Yeah. He's six foot seven for all those listening. Tight end, he's a freak. Uh, he's a six freak. foot seven tight end. Freak. If if he if he's there at fifty eight, I'm okay with it. If he's there in the third round, I, I will I will run to Kansas City to <laughs> put the card in and know that it's not a bet. I'm not
2: actually going to do that. So, you, so, but you know what position I'm looking at? What it's are you the, looking at? Interior O line. Was there any dogs on the interior O line? I know it's not a popular position to watch at the combine. I was about to but say
1: but it's not really a position that pops. That's like yeah. a Senior Bowl position gotcha. where those guys really jump out. And Cody I mean. Mock out of North Dakota State was one of those guys. I did like
3: Osiris Terrence though. I did like Osiris. Torrance did Torrance, play
1: yeah. out of Florida. Osiris yeah. Torrance. He he measured in where he needed to. Okay. His playing weight in the season was 346. Mm. That was his playing weight. Mm. At the Senior Bowl he was at 337. Mm. Now he's down to 330 mm. at the Combine and that's what's going to be the official weight on everything It's yeah. 330. That's a small person. That is a Still a massive human being. (laughs) That is is good momentum. I mean, he's he's lost 16 pounds, Mm -hmm. and he looked better in the combine than he did even in the Senior Bowl just a couple months – or about a month and a half prior.
3: And, oh, by the way, he – Confirmed he had a formal meeting with the Cowboys. Yes, he did. Oh, so formal. there's also that. Yeah. Mm, I keep remember, an eye, I my eye formal on formal meeting with Mr. Jerry. Yeah. How was that? Tell us formal. about it. A little bit of pressure. Was there mm. a McGriddle and some salt present? or <laughs> No.
2: <laughs> Son, I need
1: you to take this McGriddle. You
2: <laughs> it was cool, eat it with right? some
1: salt and let me see how you react. That's where they were trying to get you to wince. I
2: was so just, I don't know, just blowing in the wind at that time. Because yeah. my, draft, my draft stock was in limbo. I didn't know what position I was going to get drafted as. Yeah. Um, I played quarterback, but people wanted me at a thousand other positions. I was coming off a foot injury, right? A really bad foot injury. I didn't know if I was going to get drafted. But they didn't make you day wits. one, day two. I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I had zero idea. There was so much speculation as to what mm-hmm. could have happened had I ran my forty. I mean, it would. I'd have been gone, you know. So Done. It was, yeah, yeah, it'd been way up there. Um, so it was just. It was just it what was would was, you have run? I have asked run? my track coach. I literally because after I saw the Florida uh, Florida player uh, quarterback run his time, I sent it to oh, my coach Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I sent mm-hmm. it to my coach. My coach said you would have ran a low four two. A low four uh, two. Well, he ran ten nine in the hundred. I ran ten four. Low four two. I'm telling you what oh my, my coach said. That's
1: like that's like record set. I mean, John Ross my, uh, holds the record. Yeah, was he go to? I
2: think, uh, huh. You, huh, dug. you dug. <laughs> yeah, there you dug. Hey, but we're he went to... about 15 years after you did. Very though. much so, and he was a lot smaller than me. Yes, he was. Mm. Hey, but we're you, supposed had the to be... long, you had a longer career. Yeah, well, that's no, right. no. He's back. Where's he at now? Kansas City. That's right. He's on their practice squad, right? No, he, he, they signed him to a futures contract. Uh, he's gonna be a problem. they, okay. they always revive people. It's, Yeah, here he goes. But uh, we were talking about the game of tag. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the tag. Freeze tag. I love tag. Yeah. Is this a freeze tag
1: or is this a a (laughs) warm-up for something to come?
3: Well... My understanding and my expectation before they place the tag, and for those that may not know, the Cowboys officially placed the franchise tag on running back Tony Pollard on yesterday, one day ahead of the NFL deadline, which is today at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Um, that's going to, buy the Cowboys, until July 14th or 15th to negotiate a long-term deal. And I expect that's what this this is for. Hmm. I expect that they are looking to get a long-term placeholder. deal done. It is a placeholder. And I... In my estimation, you talked to Jerry Jones uh, at the Combine. Jerry Jones basically said, we have, quote, we have big plans for Tony Pollard, uh, end quote. Obviously, you hear something like that from the owner and general manager Nothing about that indicates it's a one-year situation, right? They want Tony Pollard here for the long term. It's just a matter of getting it done, if they can, prior to July. But what it does do is keep other teams from being able to negotiate with Tony Pollard while the Cowboys are trying to do their own (laughs) negotiations, and that's the big part. It's a bubble. (laughs) Yeah, you did not want Tony Pollard to hit the open market. And I I realize that some people are saying, well— you know, you're you're guaranteeing worst case, you're fully guaranteeing him 10.1 million dollars for 2023 with him coming off of an injury. But keep in mind, yes, there was some you know ligament damage that needed to be repaired in his ankle, but the primary injury was a broken fibula that can heal, set Bone. easily. I don't I don't even expect that he'd be he'd start training camp on the physically unable to perform list. I'd be surprised if he did. So, uh, the Cowboys obviously. You know, it's their medical staff, which I've said this before, I'll say it again, the best in the world, yep. the best in the world. And if that medical staff looked at Tony Pollard's injury and the recovery time and, and all of the data and looked over at Jerry Jones and Will McLean, Stephen Jones and said, oh, yeah, by all means, we're, you, you, you should be totally fine with at least $10 million for this guy. Then who am I or anyone to sit back and say, oh, well, we have concerns. Show me your license.
4: You know I
2: have more faith <laughs> in this training staff than probably anybody. Yeah, that's spend is way is too much time with them. Um, do you think that there may be a little hesitation now when they speak about the health and projection of the return of Tony Pollard and what he can come back to based upon what for the front office saw from Michael Gallup this year?
1: Different injury. It's d- and, absolutely and different injury. Same thing with Zeke.
2: Absolutely. Different injury. Yeah. Because different a lot of people are
1: comparing timing. it to Zeke to, yeah, to, to, yeah, Totally different. All three situations are very Completely unique different. in their yes. own right. Agreed. With Tony, I'm not as worried because it's a fractured foot, ankle, fibula, foot. It's fibula, it's a fibula. Yeah, so shin. Yeah. shin. Yeah. So it's a fracture. It's not a ligament.
3: Right. It's, so it's bone.
1: It's easier to heal and it's quicker to heal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Patrick was going back and forth with some people on Twitter yesterday. It made me laugh. I actually giggled a little bit while we were getting ready for a broadcast. Thank you. And <laughs> he screenshotted the date. He screenshotted exactly. and he quote tweeted somebody who was who was having some trouble talking about Tony Pollard and yep. his return. It's March seventh. Thank you. Yeah. We're in March. Like yeah. Yeah. training I, I, camp. T- they don't report it, for training it, camp until July twenty fifth. We're okay.
2: We're I just, fine, I'm everybody. just throwing it out there. I have no issues and I, I don't I, think there's I'm, any no, worry. Yeah. I don't know. think there's any worry, but I'm just saying, you know, there was a lot of faith, you know, given to that to that department. And Michael Gallup did not come back the way that I know that this team no, you're shaped, right. Right. So I wonder if there's any any little crack in the armor there in terms of your faith in regards to their expertise, no. I don't. I don't have any. No, I'm, I'm saying like that's just a natural feeling, right? No, it's like, no. hey, you said Michael Gallup is gonna be good. Uh. I, the reason I say no is this, and and you
3: make a valid point, but it's injury versus timing as well. So the injuries mm-hmm. are wildly different. It's a broken bone versus uh, a torn ACL. Massively different things. But also look at the timing of when the injuries occurred and when the players are coming back. Tony Pollard, again, as as Kyle uh, stated, I screenshotted. What is today's date? Right. You it's March mm-hmm. and early March at that. For you have between March and the start of training camp, let alone September, which is mm-hmm. when regular season kicks off. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So even if they wanted to take it easy and, and be more deliberate and cautious and training. He wouldn't camp, see a, he's, a he's, a he's not gonna see a single preseason snap. Yeah. yeah, first and foremost, Tony Pollard is not stepping onto the field for a preseason snap. So if the Cowboys played it more judiciously, and that means you probably wouldn't expect him to be on the field until week one, so now you're talking about between the injury itself happening in mid-January to early September, a fractured bone, no concern. But to the Michael Michael Gallup point, I guess the counterpoint would be if he was with another team, would he have even come back as soon as he did? Mm. So would he have been able to come back in October? Maybe it was November with another team, maybe December, maybe that training staff yeah. with you know the hypothetical
2: team says, you know what, you just gotta you gotta sit this yeah, out. Understood. Yeah, I well, understand. And, and and they do an amazing job and they have a lot of guys that they have to nurse back every offseason. Sure. Right, including this offseason. Looking back at Michael Gallup and the development that he had and knowing that he wasn't mm-hmm. who we thought he would be what would you have done differently?
3: I think Gallup's was more of a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he said it himself. I, I remember specifically a conversation I had with him about two weeks out of his return, and he specifically kept pointing to the, the mental aspect mm-hmm. of it. He, he said, you know, I can run all the routes. I'm not getting any soreness in my knee when I'm out there practicing. I just have to get more confident with feeling like when I go up to high point this ball that when I come down, I'm, I'm going to You're be. you okay. and you yeah. know because I feel you like somebody
2: be... talked about that before. Who might it oh, have been? Oh, no, no, I think oh, it was you. The Talking Cowboys Show. Bro. Oh they yeah, that. yeah, cool. uh, best we'll, show. Well, yeah, yeah we'll, a lot of we'll Dressed brother bro. with,
3: with long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah. You so, did uh, talk <laughs> about that
2: though. <laughs> <laughs> I set you over. Yeah, the mental side. Yeah, that's that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. It really, really is, and that was my concern with Dallas giving him as big a contract as they did. Not knowing if that aspect was being accounted for, but you, you because because uh, exactly yeah, you can never exactly, know. but, but yeah. that so that's that's the, that was my yeah. concern though. Physically, you're going to get back from these injuries, mm-hmm. right? Technology has come a long way. Medical staffs are amazing, right. right? Resources are amazing. Physically, can be accounted for. The mental is what can't a, that's be a accounted harder for. One to kind of no, because no. the training that's staff has no. No jurisdiction on that. That's what the player has to bring. Exactly.
1: And you think about some of the other players that have come in and either been evaluated or are already here and have been injured and they've moved on from. This training staff knows how to tell the front office Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. In tough situations. Correct. I don't want to throw names out there of free agents that they've turned away. uh, A specific in-house what about Lyle Collins? Lyle Collins, after the hip injury, was never the same. Yep. That's a hard decision. They saw him trending in the right direction yeah. prior to the injury at right tackle. Thought he was going to be here for five to six, maybe seven or eight years. Not the case. He got hurt. Never was the same. This training staff went out and said, hey, there's an opportunity here to maybe upgrade because Terrence steals in the wings. Mm-hmm. We don't think that this, training st- or this injury is going to really yeah. be the same. It, it, and it never really was. So because of that, they moved on from Lyle Collins, yeah, and, and it s- works out. Such similar a valuable piece Similar to Blake this Jarwin. To Blake, Jarwin. J- Blake Jarwin's Blake another Jarwin's great. example. E- yep. The Cowboys Injuries. had
3: some some high hopes for him that he'd yep. be the, the you know field they, stretching they out, playmaker, too. tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, suffers the torn ACL, comes back from that. It's not really the same. But when he suffered that hip injury, this training staff looked at the front office and said, "This isn't going to. He won't come back from this and be anywhere near the same guy." And hopefully, I mean, down the road, you know, you, you have to hope the best for a guy like that. But in the conversation. Of yeah. will the tra- is the training staff not only um, really good at what they do but do they have the wherewithal to look Jerry Jones in the face and say you got to come off this guy yes we have examples
1: but that's that's the thing is this none of this and none of what we're saying is breaking news no. that was known about Lyell that was known about Blake Jarwin that was known about plenty of other free agents in the in the market that never got signed because this training staff wasn't comfortable but all of that is to say, if this training staff looked at Tony Pollard and they had any sort of reserve Bingo. on him and his injury, science. they would have said it. That's the science. Instead, you I have the tag here. And the tag, it's not, it's not guaranteed he's playing for ten point nine million this year. One. Ten point one. Ten point one, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> you think, ten point nine you think was Dalton Schultz yeah, last you're year. Ten point one this year. It's instead it, it guarantees he's a cowboy going into twenty twenty three. Yep. But the second thing it does is it allows for the conversation to continue. I think both parties, and I've said this on this show before, both parties can benefit from a long-term deal. Tony Pollard wants multiple years. He wants to be here. So he can benefit. Mm -hmm. Dallas wants multiple years. They can benefit from having Tony Pollard here. So I think by that deadline, which is April 15th, I believe, for for the long-term deal, or is it July, July 15th? July 15th. July 15th. So even further... You now have that window of opportunity to have those two contract talks, those negotiations to find a deal, and then all of a sudden the cap hits not nearly as much. You don't actually have to sign the franchise tag, yeah.
3: and then you're moving on and you're moving forward with one of your best offensive it's, it's weapons. A, it's it's a, a much more positive and optimistic conversation between Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys organization over what, if we're doing a direct comparison, and recently we talked about Dalton Schultz last season, felt like there was a bit of contention there. Yeah. Right. Um, especially after the uh, selection of Jake Ferguson and then the signing of Peyton Hendershot and undrafted free agency kind of writing on the wall there, but Dalton had already signed his franchise tag and then there's a little bit of contention because the deal hadn't been done yet. You know, go back, you, you can see the history of it. But the Tony Pollard situation is every everybody wants it done. Mm-hmm. Tony wants to be here. The Cowboys want Tony to be here. The Cowboys are trying to keep the tandem together between Pollard and Zeke, and that that becomes the next question because now you've you've guaranteed that Tony will be here. question now becomes what can be done to financially make it palatable for the Cowboys to keep both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel mm-hmm. Elliott together. Let's continue talking about that because how does this affect Ezekiel Elliott?
1: <laughs> how does this change things for Zeke, or does it change things?
2: Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to talk
0: about it when we come back with more Talking Cowboys.
4: Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. This week!
0: Back to Talking Cowboys.
1: Get a behind-the-scenes look at all things of the Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium and the Star, presented by SeatGeek. Check out the locker rooms, playing fields, Super Bowl memorabilia, and a whole lot more. Get your tickets today at dallascowboys.com/slash-tours. Back. On Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. Based off of our our first segment, where we were talking tight end a little bit here, uh, (laughs) I put a tweet out there. Because I saw a lot of smoke this morning from Cowboys Twitter. Cowboys Twitter, draft Twitter. I put it out there. I said, so now we're all okay with the Cowboys taking a tight end in the first round all of a sudden because (laughs) Dalton Kincaid out of Utah has now been a name. Darnell Washington from Georgia has been a name. I'm not there on it. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. There are some really good tight ends. I'm not okay with it unless it's truly the best player available. I'm okay with it if it's the best player on your board. I just have a hard time thinking there won't
3: be another good player there for you to take at a better positional value. And and that's kind of how I feel about – Not only that, but the running back position as well. And even if – and we'll see how things work out, and we'll talk about it in a moment as far as Zeke is concerned. Even if for whatever reason the Cowboys and Zeke part ways – you still have Malik Davis that you can come up and that you can bring up to RB2. But also, the Cowboys, for the most part, have shown that they know how to find running back talent in the mm-hmm. mid to late rounds. So I don't see a situation. And for those that are saying, well, you know, what if B. I'm not even willing to entertain that conversation <laughs> because B. Robinson is not escaping all the way to 26. I have him in the top 10, and I'd be surprised if he makes it out of the top 15. But what he's not going to do is make it to 26. So I would look more so at a guy like A-Chain out of a and uh, as a day two if you if you were just hell-bent on getting another running back. But at 26, and I realize the 26 pick is more more so early second round than it is late first round, if you think about it contextually. But I'm, I'm out on running back because you have a bigger need at cornerback. You have mm. a bigger need at linebacker. You don't know what's going to happen with Leighton Van Der Esch. I would like to see Leighton Van Der Esch come back. But there's no guarantee that that happens, and if he does not come back, we we love demone Clark. But outside of demone Clark, what do you have? You don't know yet about Jabril Cox. What is he going to be this coming year? He basically had a Michael Gallup season, right? Coming off of that torn ACL, he just wasn't wasn't right. Couldn't get enough playing time, so the linebacker core is another another thing that you have. Safety. Are you are you guaranteed to keep Dono no you're not guaranteed because you used the tag on Pollard which was smart because the tag on Dono would have been 14 million I'm out on that but I'm mm. all in on a long-term deal for Dono too many questions at too many other positions to sit here and say yeah I'm fine with tight
2: end in the first round no I would run it back in the first round I'm not. I'm not I'm not I'm not you know what I you know what I want what do you want? Interior O-line, Kyle. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: We're going right back to Doggone it.
2: going right, Kyle. So,
1: interior offensive line would certainly help the run game. <laughs> yeah. With Tony Pollard. And
2: blocking for number four. Mr. Dak Prescott. Yeah. Press, yeah. So, I mean. It, what about 21? Yeah. Anybody. Anybody. That's, anybody So, in the so, field? So, listen, no, no No disrespect to, to Zeke. I love Zeke. However, if the number doesn't make sense, obviously you're going to hurt the part ways. Mm-hmm. That's with anybody. Hopefully that's with any player nowadays. Where they're taking care of themselves first, and you hope that take, take care of your care your yourself chicken. fits in with your organization. Take care of your chicken. That would be awesome. But the reality is you got to take care of yourself. So if he can get more bread elsewhere and it makes sense for him, take into account all the, all the moving expenses and the taxes and ramifications and all that kind of stuff, if it makes sense to stay here, awesome. If it doesn't, then wish him luck, right? Uh, if you sure up, this is for all the people out there, if you have a beast of an offensive line, as Dallas had at one point in time, mm-hmm. it didn't matter who you put in the backfield. It didn't matter if you had a Murray. It didn't matter if you had a Zeke. It didn't matter, it matter if you had a McFadden. It didn't matter who you put back there. They're going to get 1,000 yards. And that's no slight on any of those guys and their abilities and their talents, but it doesn't matter who you have in the backfield because the running back talent level is so high in this league now. And that's no, that's no spite on any of these guys. But if you have a beast of an O-line, I could plug and play at the running back position. Now, that's not to say that some running backs are going to perform better than others. That's where I was going with that, But I'm saying that I can put anybody back there. And if I'm freaking bulldozing people out the way, guess what? There's 90% of the backs that made it to this level is going to give me four or five yards in a cloud of dust. And that's what you're looking for. Now – you look at the home run hitters. You look at the power backs. Now you got all those other things you can start getting into. Mm-hmm. But if I have a beast of a line, I'm not as concerned with the talent level of the guy that's behind them. Let's talk about Zeke. Does the, with the talent level and the discrepancy there, is
1: that, like you said, if, if the m- number doesn't match, they're going to have to do something about the number, whether mm-hmm. that's cut or whether that's right. uh, a restructure, restructure. And, and maybe a cut and a resign where he takes a pay cut. Either way – There's probably going to be movement with Ezekiel
3: Elliott in the next couple of weeks. Patrick, what do you expect that to look like? I'm of the the thought process, the same thought process that I've had, had over the past several weeks, several months, when I've sat in the same chair, on the same mic, and I say, and again, this is me speaking for me i'm not speaking for another man's pockets. i just feel like ezekiel elliott would be open to taking a pay reduction Mm -hmm. to remain in dallas for a couple of reasons number one he wants to remain in dallas he loves the city of dallas and oh by the way his best friend is the quarterback he doesn't want to play with any other quarterback not named rain dakota prescott and in addition to that He understands, and I love this about Zeke, the the evolution of his mindset, the maturity that he's come into. He will openly and has openly said, uh, whether directly or indirectly, being able to tandem with a guy like Tony Pollard Mm -hmm. extends his career. Absolutely. At the most brutal and punishing position in the NFL mm-hmm. that has the shortest shelf life of any position in the NFL, if you have, have have found the sweet spot, if you're in a situation where your team has found the sweet spot: 50-50, 51, 49, 60, 40, who cares? You're gonna get a ton of reps. He's gonna get a ton of reps. Both careers are being extended. This contrarily is also not contrarily, but spinning it around. This is also why Tony Pollard will want. Zeke to stick around. So you can also believe that Tony Pollard is probably in Zeke's ear saying, hey, Absolutely. you know, I want to stick with you, see what you get soften your stance a little bit, yeah. right? If your stance is hard and soften it, let's try he to is, keep the band together.
2: That stance is going to have to drop. He gonna be, that, he's going to be getting to 33% of what he's making. That's where now. it becomes
3: a, a challenging Childbirth. conversation
2: yeah. for the Cowboys. 21%? Hmm? 21% of what he's supposed to make this coming year? Just throwing up. Oh, there. it's going to be 33 yeah, it's gotta, I know what you're that, that's where the it's conversation be, yeah. becomes challenging.
3: It's it's what does Ezekiel Elliott and his repreta- representation view as a respectable offer mm-hmm. from the Cowboys? Because he still there has is a, cer- a value he has value and he has pride, so he wants to stay, but you, you if you walk up to him and you say $2 million a year like come on. No. Yeah. Come on, what's the optics of that? But about, like how much right?
2: okay, real straight up, straight question. I know we got you ready to get out. Straight question. How much money are you going to allocate towards your running back room? Oh, we talked about this a few episodes ago, and people would know if they watched that episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is now you've got –
3: I've got ten million you, wrapped my, up right now. I told you, I'm 16 to 17, and I'm fine with that because the salary cap has gone up quite a ways. And you also have the ability. You're going. You're likely. Let me put it that way. You're likely going to try your best to extend Dak Prescott. That's going to free up tens of millions of dollars just with pulling that trigger. And then you have other triggers you can pull, other restructures you can pull to free up more money. I'm fine with a $16 million running back room when these are the two running backs you're talking about. It was $19 million last year. Right. So we are we talking about? Two, $3 million reduction. Yeah. And you see the production that you get out of these two guys. And you see what happens inevitably when one guy gets injured. You have two...
2: One age. All right, let me ask you this question then. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I'm. Is it more 16, important to have, is that. it more important to retain both of those guys or is it more important to get an all pro office alignment added to your interior line? Who you You can do both? You, you can. You can do both. You can. Okay. You don't have
1: you don't have to do one or the other. It's not a one Come or ahead. the other so because, both. like like we just talked about, There's with go. nineteen sprinkles are for winners. A little bit more than nineteen <laughs> million was what it was last year because you had Tony Pollard's rookie contract and Zeke's hit was eighteen point two. That actually takes a two million dollar reduction this year. Okay. It goes down to sixteen point seven. So I guess a, a, a million and a half reju- reduction. If you can cut that down, the tag on Pollard is ten point one. You give Zeke. However much the three to five million, three to seven, seven still even pushing it for me. You're going to have what fifteen, sixteen million dollars against the or allocated to the running back position. That's actually dropping down from last year. You can really? take a couple of that. Couple of those million and go
3: find your better still. I'll, I'll extend your formula and say this: We're doing this math based upon a 10.1 million dollar franchise tag. If the Cowboys can't get a multi-year deal on Tony Pollard, Agreed. now it's no longer a 16, 17 million dollar room. The 2023 cap between those two to get this type of production and insurance against each other—you know, potentially getting injured at certain points mm-hmm. in the season—that hit now becomes what are we talking? 10, 12 million? I like it. Yep. How about like it, that? I like it a oh, lot. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's seven million a year. That you could allocate somewhere else. You need it based yeah. off of what was ha- what you was spent it. on running backs last year, mm-hmm. and then that's uh, enough for, to get a good a good offensive line. Yeah, and
3: then you get to oh, revisit the. Position. You want an all pro? Great. Yeah, and then you just
1: revisit two the position all pros. We'll work on, on that later. Two we'll we'll all pro, pro offensive line. Okay, now Me you're too. getting greedy. All right, that's it for what Talking Tyler Cowboys. Gonna be one. Isaiah's going to ask for three all pro offensive linemen by the end of the show. For Chris Beam, for Isaiah Standback, Patrick Nosey, Walker. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week on Talking Cowboys.